0: Good
1: afternoon fellow gooners and welcome to another episode of Canada this morning where your co-host as usual Aiden.
0: How's it guys? Hope everybody's well. Arsenal versus Fulham, Arsenal versus Everton, and then obviously Arsenal versus the big game that in my opinion uh, save our season, as they say. But yeah, Arsenal taking on Fulham. Um, you know, you know my thoughts of the league at the moment. It's we've been blowing so hot in cold and it's you know one moment you're getting your hopes up, we can do it. The next moment you're like Ah, oh, who cares? But, um, you know, I thinking on the Fulham side who had so much to play for. Um, uh, uh, But, like, you know, as an Arsenal fan, this game was, you know, it wasn't as one as a reading to go. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I was watching it. But, you know, we've been let, let down so many times that I didn't hold my breath.
1: I mean, Nick, going to this game, you know, so much positivity, as you know, said, you know, tails up from the last two games. And then I mean, honestly, I mean, I know we normally uh, going through the the match, and and I'm kind of jumping the gun, but I mean, where where is this consistency of this team? Because I mean, look, okay, we line up with with Matt Ryan coming in for Leno. I think it was also much much uh, deserved.
0: Yes, definitely. And
1: Valerian and Holding, Gabriel Jaka leading the back line, Al Nini, in uh, that holding midfield role so slash attacking, and then the full out cams with Saka. Smith Rowe and Martinelli with Laka leaning front line. I mean, from the get go. I mean, I don't know. How you were feeling like when the lineup came out, but I mean, I started already feeling unsure when I saw that so, because for me it was almost like too drastic of a change. With you know, with a two week um, break before the uh, that eventual uh, Europa League tie, I really thought he could now like Arteta would not go into this game with a more sp- uh, you know stable squad, maybe tweak a little bit where he needed or where people need rest, but I just think for me, like my personal take is, I mean, look, you saw the league, or the league is panning, I really thought, I mean, try to get something we can just be somewhere in touch, sort of touching distance of, like, even 7th or 8th, but every time we, we almost like we're just getting onto the tails, or whether it's Spurs or Everton, and then we, like, do a stumble again, and that's so frustrating.
0: No, it's frustrating, and that's why I said, you know, not holding my breath, because... You know, you, you watch this Arsenal side and, and, and if you look back, you know, prior to, to playing Fulham, points we've dropped, you know, leading up to the Fulham game. If you added two points here, two points there, uh, oh, uh, two, two points here, you know, you could have had six points more and look where we would have been in the table. I mean, but it's like you said, all, we spoke about it, you know, on, on our, in, our pre- in the previous po- episode where we kind of said, you know, how are you going to play this? You know, Are you going to go safe? you know, play a full string side, you know, get the job done and they can kick their feet up, you know, till Everton or or you can actually go, you know, full because now you look at it now we, we, we play Everton and then we go and play only the next Thursday. So the the guys have ample the time to rest in this. But I guess a tetanus take time to, you know, give everybody a chance, but uh, it doesn't work. Gabriel still mm-hmm. after such a solid start of the season, he's very really shaky. And, and and we battled a bit.
1: I mean, like, uh, one point, I mean, I, while, you know, talking, I actually jotted it down on my notepad, yeah. Um, you know, for me, the shocking contrast was, you look at the way they attacked against, um, what was the team the last round you played in the Europa League? Slavia. Uh, Slavia. And it was, you know, all over, all over the place. I mean, the score could have even be close to double figures. Then you take that game when you play against Fulham, you not know, like they're halving and puffing, but there is no cutting edge in the final third. Because, I mean, look, the game started off like perfectly. I mean, uh, uh, Martinelli gets an early chance. Then you see Martinelli again forces Areola into a safe seventh minute. So you also already see that sort of momentum. And I thought they were going to really kick on. But it's yes. not like that, that, that ball does not want to go into the net because either we were overthinking or we were choking up the chances because... That being said with, with Martin and he forcing the saves into, from the keeper, there was a times when I think he also needed a bit of a cool head to yes. you know, place the ball and just snap at the ball. Because I think, I mean, that's not my personal criticism of him. I mean, for me, he's a talented player. I like him a lot. But I just think sometimes, you know, you, you can see the chance. And it's almost like he does not do that thing where, you know, when you watch, like I, I was watching Mason Greenwood the other day, where... I don't know if the scores were tied or something like that in the, in the game. Or, or the game was like, just like, you know, um, you know was were just like... And
0: Spurs, I sp- think, when they were 2-1 up, I think, it was, uh, that game, when he, at the end, Mason scored, yeah, I mean, maybe 3-1.
1: Yeah, he just composed himself, and he just places, he doesn't have power or anything, just places past uh, the keeper. And I mean, it's almost like, you know, puts the game to rest And I just think to myself, how many times don't we see our players doing this? And especially of the, let say, the younger players, some of them do that where they, I don't know if it if it's like they get too antsy or whatever, but you don't see that sort of cutthroat, that, you know, I'm like an ice cold killer type of thing, or, you know, of a finisher. Again, like that sort of ranks all the youngsters.
0: Yeah, I mean, even Saka, you mentioned an yeah, ice cold yeah. finisher. That's like, you know, he, there were probably games where he could have buried it for us, with these if he had to just put the chance away, but it just seems like, you know, maybe with experience. That tweaks, But, I mean, you know, the top players these days, you need to put those chances yeah. away. And I, I know exactly also that shot where, you know, Martinelli was got in Ceballos' way, where I think Ceballos had a clear shot probably yeah. on balls. And then, yeah, then Martinelli, like, scuffed his shot. But, I mean, those are the chances, you know, where a cooler head would have either looked up and seen Ceballos yeah. or would have maybe finished it better. So, you know, chances again to to put the game you know, not beyond doubt, but to put our noses in front already and put pressure on a uh, Pupulim side who need the result and playing with pressure. So, then in the 40th minute, Arsenal
1: uh, uh, get a goal scored by uh, Sebojos. I mean, fantastic bold up Then through where are they then find out almost like a little toe of suckers and <laughs> offside. And I mean, for me, it, I don't know, but I mean, I know we we're hoping a, a lot about it on... on regarding VR, but I mean, for me, it takes every, like the, the life in soul out of football because, I mean, it's so marginal. I mean, they almost like, you bring out like a protractor to find out that exact <laughs> inch of toe that's over the line, and I thought was like, nah, that, I mean, for me, you know, when you can actually see that sort of like a, a full leg pass or whatever, or, a, you know, a shoulder or the head, yeah. over that fine, I can live with it, but I mean, when it's that fine margins, I mean, whether it's for or against, i let the game flow.
0: Yeah, uh, you you can't even celebrate anymore. Yeah. It's like you need to wait, you know, where the ref's doing a VAR check and everybody needs to, to wait around and, and wait for a decision. I think, you know, the way it was running in the 2018 World Cup and maybe it was only, you know, I think it's 64 games at the World Cup. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it honestly works way smoother in, a, in, that, in that context where the, the ref, I mean, it wasn't that marginal. I mean, decisions were looked at, but it wasn't like very really pro protracted and stuff. And I mean, that same decision next week will be a goal again if we look at it.
1: That's sorry to say, I mean, as much as I love the Premier League, I think it's also a trend of laziness that's, that was started in the in the English Premier League because, as I said, most of the the like if there is a certain you know a, you know almost like a snuff of of doubt, you're gonna see in La Liga, in the Bundesliga, even Liga you're going to see that officials they'll say to that, that, that camera, they'll maybe get a, a word in the ear, but then you go. And I think it goes also much quicker because you watch the Premier League because they putting all that power in the VAR's hands. That is why you have that sort of delay of easily like four minutes because look, yeah. that happened like 40th, that with a, yes. with a And then I think by the by the 42nd or third minute, that was when the decision was finally made.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was quite frustrating. And I mean, then, then the goal gets choked off You know, fair enough. But, I mean, uh, you don't even know when to celebrate anymore. When you celebrate, you celebrate when the the team kicks off only. I mean, that's, like you said, killing the sport. And then, you know, I think we found the back of the net shortly after it again. But also, a rule of could of VAR. I mean, uh, it's quite frustrating, actually.
1: So, second half, Arsenal had come out again in a more positive fashion. Even though, you know, we're all really asking for a bit more cut, cutting edge up front because you know, that's where the biggest problem was. Then Saka ends up bursting down the flanks. The 54th minute races clear of the defender. But, of course, he, I think he ends up miscuing his cross. But, I mean, the ball start, it does almost like a Chelsea thing. And it starts turning goalwards and ends up hitting the base of the post and bouncing away to safety.
0: It could, it could be called a Saka specialty when had to go into the back of the net.
1: Then 57th minute, Aina ends up races racing clear for Fulham. I think Arsenal was like very sluggish, you know, late, like, like so in the 57th minute. The ball, of course, gets hustled away, but then Lamina then ends up bursting into the Arsenal box. Gabriel looks really, really sluggish. I don't know if he was off his game for some reason. <coughs> Excuse me. Ends up tripping uh, you know, the you know, or sick out a lazy leg, really. By the time he pulls the leg away. Players already has a bait for you know, tripping over and um, he ends up falling over. Stonewall penalty for Fulham.
0: Yeah. The say it's a penalty. you had this a bit soft. In my opinion, it seemed, you know, it was very like. Yeah, I yeah it was. Know.
1: The thing is, it was light. But when you they when show that one angle of VAR, and I, it, it really had me just full for, just for the fact. Because, look, when you're going to a full-blooded tackle, oh, fine. I mean, it can happen. It's, it's a 50-50 anyway. But when you see somebody just putting a leg out and giving that play, because you could see that player was looking for it as well. But, I mean, it was so lazy, though, the, the the way he sticks his foot out. And by the time he realizes he's made the mistake, he tries to pull his, his leg away. Because I thought to myself, he's going to do something. You remember when Oxford chamberlain got uh, that Moses, Victor Moses, booked in the FA Cup final? Yeah. Where Moses was expecting a tackle to come in, and that's why he started throwing himself already forward. But then I think Oxford Chamberlain was smart enough, pulled both leagues out of the way, and the ref immediately saw it was a blatant dive. And I thought Gabriel was going to take a page like that out of the book. But I mean, yeah,
0: uh, but Gabriel—he seems to be, you know, that I don't know—he seems to be battling <laughs> since he's he had a bit of a knock, and and ever since then he hasn't come back to the to the Gabriel we know and love from the start of the season.
1: Yeah. Then, 59th minute, like two minutes after the VAR check. Josh Iron steps up and I mean, he stretches the wall firmly high into the top corner, beating uh, Matt Ryan. So 1 0 Fulham.
0: Uh, and, and Fulham, eventually, you know, you could feel wanted it more than Arsenal at that point. And that's why I said, you know, I, I, w- I was angry when Fulham scored, but uh, also, you know, that, you know, even if it had to be a Thursday night game, I would have been more pissed off. But uh, yeah. it's just like, you know, you get your hopes up. You're like, you know, Arsenal, you can kick on from here. To- all it takes is your rivals, Chelsea through to Brighton and, you know, they drop points against West Brom and you're thinking, you know, all you need is like two, three, four games in a row, consistency, and you can look, you know, you, where you could be in the table, but it's just not happening and it's becoming really frustrating and, and you know, is, is it the players? I, I believe it's, like you know, to an extent the players, but... You know, we need to do something about it because our consistency can't be this off that we're dangling, fighting between ninth and 10th all the time.
1: And I mean, what was so infuriating as well with regards to the game? I mean, I'm just going to hop a bit further back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mohamed Nini. what was he doing at times in the game? Because, I mean, look, I know you and I talk about always, we've already highlighted that this one of the biggest flaws of his game when he starts. Like, we're going three quarters up the pitch there's two runners, I think, left and the right of him. What does he do? He stops like, dead in his tracks and he turns and he starts playing the ball back to our goal. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? I mean, the, the opportunity is there. And for me, it takes uh, the sting or the momentum get totally out of it because you already know the minute he stops in his tracks and turns like, you know, towards our goal, there's already two or three Fulham players already, you know, just parking themselves behind the ball. And it was infuriating. And I mean, it takes, like, as I said, and then somebody, when you're winning, you put him on, and you'll see, yeah. you know show up things. But when you are pushing to get a win or 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 score goals, he is not the guy. And that is why I think he should also be like one of the first names that you put on that list when it comes to summertime and we start letting go play letting go of players, because honestly. When you see a performance like that, then it's honestly
0: not worthy of a, of a um, you know contract extension or something like that. No, no, no I, I was a big fan of him at the start of the season. But I do not know what happened to his game where all of a sudden, you know, he, he, he I, I actually started watching him more often now recently, especially with yeah. you when you, like, you know, even hopping on it more. But I mean, there were times he gets the ball and he looks, you know, where do I go? Where do I go? Instead of driving forward, he yeah. like slows down and the whole team is like, you know, trying to push for it and he slows the game down. So, you know, definitely uh, an issue we need to sort out. We can either have an up-and-coming youngster in that role that, that kind of um, ticks the boxes of what we're looking for. And I mean, we have we are struggling to create chances against Fulham or we are just missing it because of we missing the creative spark. And like you said, you know, you have Thomas Part in the midfield and maybe another deep-lying playmaker there.
1: Yeah, because look, like, at the moment most of these uh, deep lying mids, even they can't play, a, you know, a defence splitting pass or you know a goal assisting pass from deep. But I mean, if you're gonna keep on playing like that, because for me, you know, when you see that side of his game, it's almost like something is hiding on the field. Özil used to do that yeah. as well in games, where they will rather play that little five, uh, five uh, foot uh, side passes or to the back. But then they all, at the end, they all like when you go like, wow, like you you, you know when you look at the set at full time. The numbers are off the charts because the reason you, you wonder why, Ozil or say, El Nene right now are getting these high numbers in passing, and it's all because they are passing in the direction where we're supposed to be scoring, not like you know, not in that direction, they're just going to our own goal every time. So, for me, it's like too many of these, not, and I mean, it's not just him, there's quite a few of them in the team that don't you know pick up the ball and drive the team. You can see when, when say, Smith Rowe plays, you see what factor he brings, or what is his game, like yeah. you know, it's a game he will drive, and, and that just that game playing between the lines, cause all sorts of havoc, havoc between, uh, you know, for sides, for opponents, but for me, when you see this sort of thinking, it negates everything, like your game plan as well, I think, goes out from the window when you see somebody do things like that.
0: Yeah, definitely, and, and especially when you one down, you know, it's like, we we're almost trying to defend a, a, a lead, but it's, it's not the case, so, um, yeah, very frustrating, and it just seems like you know, Fulham were playing with so much art and passion and they just kept on going and kept on going. And you know, Arsenal, you know, didn't deserve to be in the game at that point because they were just playing such a lackluster performance. And I'm I'm sorry to sound like I'm you know, bashing on Arsenal after seeing their praises last week, but I mean it's not professional to come in in, in this manner of, of, yeah. of playing a game, but we just seemed tired when most of the players didn't play even on the Thursday. I mean, Karen Xhaka, I mean, I understand. But, I mean, he was also, you know, trying his best and seems to be winning a lot of Arsenal fans back again.
1: But, I mean, look, look, we ended up making also a double change. on Elneny, Ballerum coming off, Thomas Parting and Pepe coming on. You know, just to add some extra input to his... 69th minute, I mean, the worst time possible, Luck it ends up pulling up with a hamstring. Oh,
0: Straight. that was...
1: And I mean, for me, it kind of also took the winner to myself because, yeah, they already. I don't know if you saw that one stat, which was, I mean, I found really for Arsenal being our home team embarrassing. Where Arsenal had 10 shots, one was on target, and we played against Fulham that's like what third loss,
0: yeah, and they took it, yeah, third loss, third loss, third loss, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Two shots they had, and two were on target. So, I mean, where. That it, it tells the sort of dis- discrepancy with the, with the numbers, with the way Arsenal
0: go on in attack. Nah, I think you know, as, as you said, you know, the biggest takeaway of this game for me was that Lacazette injury, and you know, I've also been harping on Lacazette and saying, you know, we need to. I don't know, do we keep him? But I mean, he's he's, he's pulled his right the other latter part of the season, getting pivotal goals, stepping up at 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 at, at intense moments, and he's been doing the business, but. I mean, you know, how bad is this injury you got to wonder. I mean, I I haven't followed up on that. Do you have any idea for for my sake and maybe the listeners who don't know, do you know his extent of the injury or is it still unknown?
1: It is a strain. It is a strain. But I mean, look, you've played football as well. You've also had that sort of injuries. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. But even a fortnight is not going to help. Because I personally think with the players that we have out injured, I think, uh, what's it? Odegaard could be for tonight already because I saw, him yeah, back. we
0: need him. I think we need him Obama back
1: the, uh, the, the past three days. And then Aubameyang, I think this was very close to coming back, but I, I, I mean, this evident game could be too soon because look with that malaria, all thing you had to not get out of the system. But how I many years we now with the club? And I mean, he's now out of the hospital a few days already, so that could bode well. I mean, you know, when we go into the Valeria game, um. Back to the game, uh, so that 69 minute in with a lucky like, like injury. He was in the place for Eden Ketia. And I mean, when, when I saw him come on, I mean, I thought, it was, oh,
0: yeah.
1: oh man, I mean, we need to get the goal, and he's coming on. But I mean, that being said, Arsenal, of course, throwing everyone forward like you know, that was the 88th minute onwards because I mean, it was just a barrage. Because, I mean, even Matt Ryan was already playing. Not even just, you couldn't even call it the sweeper keeper. He was playing almost like on the halfway line as a holding mid. As we were not just, you know, pegging. And, I mean, for me, what was it like, like? The way you could also like, judge the, the strain of the game. I mean, not like just for our part, for trying to, to crack Fulham. But watching um, Scott Parker, like his face, like you saw that, that sort of emotion. Like, you know, every time there was a break in play, he's calling the players over to him. And, yeah. you know, giving him a drink, explained to him how to just hold on. And then, I mean, like when the clock went up the, the board from the uh, assistant ref uh, to show seven minutes. And I thinking to myself, I mean, my stomach was turning already here, 93rd minute already. I'm thinking, where are we going to get this goal? Because all our corners were all over the place. Yes, yeah, we so was
0: disgusting, actually. It was, actually, yeah. it was oh, shocking. Was disgusting.
1: Yeah. Then, I mean, 90th plus seven... Uh, the ball ends up getting finally floated. I think it was peppering with a corner. Duh, Matt Ryan, of all people, comes with a totally-headed <laughs> flick on. The ball ends up like perfectly on Sebio's uh, foot. And, I mean, he ends up just swacking a... I think one of the hard, low drives. And, I mean, Arioli ends up parrying the ball. But, I mean, he, he palms it right into... Edin didn't stabs of all over
0: 1-1. He didn't get the uh, fire scoring again. You know, one of his scrappy fox in the box goals. But, <laughs> adds up to Areola. He actually, you know kept pull very much in the game with all his saves and and I felt a bit sad for them to it, an extent.
1: Yeah. Also don't forget all that tricks he was pulling like that when he, he landed all of a sudden wrong on his toe and then
0: yeah.
1: taken off. He knew exactly how he was like you know eating up time.
0: But yeah Shame you can see that uh, our, our um, Scott Parker just felt so devastated yes, That,
1: that explosion.
0: But yeah, I mean, we're celebrating a draw against Fulham, you know, it, it kind of says where we are in the league at the moment.
1: I mean, I don't want to know Roy Keane's words, because he always likes to dig it in extra hard on when, when we're doing stuff like that, either with the selfies in the dressing room or, <laughs> you know, celebrating the last one that equalises.
0: Although I was just, I went the bottom of the net, you know, tether is a picture yeah. of tether, you know, trying to, you know, whirl him back to the... The halfway line, but I mean, it ends 1 1. Matt Ryan, you know, pivotal header, I, I think Saka went to go and take that corner, if I was mistaken. I think he, he had enough of everybody else messing it about. So, you know, good, good, good corner. If we only had two of those, we would have won the game. But um, yeah, um, I think 1 1 had stayed, and, and we play Everton in about a few hours' time. It's they probably have a lot to play for more than Arsenal at the moment. I think, you know, I'll be watching the game. One thing, I have to get the three points, you know, but also looking my, my one eye on Thursday with players getting injured and all the rest.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, 9th versus 8th tonight. Also, actually, like, with regards to everything after Fantastic starts to, to the season that he was also tanked off badly in the league, I mean, I think it's also down to key, in, <clears throat> key players getting key, like, you know, crucial injuries that really kind of Messed up their season because look, they were quite a stable squad going into I think the new year, and then nothing, although the wheels kind of came off. Because every time they were like, say, lose like, when they would lose Calvert Lewin, then uh, you know, you got James on, on you know, red hot form. Then if James gets injured, then Calvert Lewitt comes back, and then I think that was where they had they sort of disjointing thing. But I mean, look, Arsenal also, also, of course, going into the game with a string of injuries like Tierney, Louise, now Lacazette. And then, of course, as I said earlier, uh, Odegaard and Aubameyang being now, of course, serious doubts, but I think I, I still have a feeling Odegaard could even make the bench tonight if he does not even start. So, that being said, Everton, their key performance of the season has been, Khamis been, like, the main guy, like, yeah, I think yeah. 7.8 average per game. And, of course, you've got Calvert-Lewin and Denier at left-back. I mean, they are, you can see all pivotal roles, like, from defence, midfield, attack. Um then you got like you know with us, you know you still got like I said, being our <laughs> top goal scorer and the William of all people, still being our top assist. And I mean that can't that shouldn't even be like with five. And then you got like you know the scorers for for Everton, Kevin Lewin fourteen goals, and you got James with six and Richarlison with six. Because I think for me key battles for me, Everton's front line was our defence, so yeah, definitely, definitely spot on with our defenders, and of course our, our our. Attack is going to also deal with the three-five-two. 5 always kept now by lot because I think he's now keeping this formation now quite often because I was going back on some of the previous games. And he, I mean, he might alternate the, the three, but he always kind of sticks with the back three at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I think, you know, uh, our Arsenal probably... It Won't be as um um pumped for this game. I don't think, you know, they they a team. I, I'm probably putting my money on that Arsenal will ever start very slow and and play very cautious while everything will come flying out the blocks. But let's hope they are listening to this podcast in the changing room because they always seem to prove us wrong whenever we have a few negative things to say about them.
1: I mean, I just hope, uh, you know, I'd rather go with a positive squad or mindset also because I think. A solid showing even tonight takes us into a solid showing also, you know, away from home at Valeria. Because, look, we actually play, we actually look more confident away from home as well. That's not the only thing I'm kind of cautious about. Is like we've not been, you know, really ruthless up front. Not up front, but as a team at home for home games, we actually look solid for strange reason. Under Una Emery, we were kind of, you know, shady uh, when you played away from home. Yeah. a
0: very strong home record. But I think under Arteta, the home record looks really shocking. Yeah, it, it, it says why we won the FA Cup, especially the the last few games. One played at, at the Emirates at all, Sheffield yeah. United away, and then we even played Portsmouth away, I think, and then we've also played, you know, the neutral grounds at Wembley. So, you know, it just seems like away from home hasn't been, um, has been good to us. So hopefully, we can kickstart and, you know, Try to get the business done tonight and we can move on to Thursday, which is probably one of the biggest games of our season. once again,
1: yeah, I mean, with Una Embry now at the helmet at Valeria, they become a kind of draw specialist. I think they've lost, they, they've they drawn 13 out of the last 32 games. So, I mean, I think if he puts them to task, like you know, just to keep it at 0 0 or whatever, they probably will do it. So, it's going to come up, probably going to come down to us to you know, really have a pop at them. I mean, strange enough, they also having a kind of mediocre season league-wise because I think they're seventh in their league, and then of course their key players, Gerard uh, Moreno. I mean, he's now truly on fire. I mean, he's like twenty goals, and then I mean the guy that's second has six goals for them. So, you know, we or who is the one that really needs to be stopped in that side? So. Uh, what is your take like for the weight tie? How do you how
0: would you now go out about what like, uh, planning in that for that game? You know, Una Emery seems to be a very strong guy at, at home. You know, we've 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 witnessed him I think Arsenal's the the whole reason kind of why they got the was to the, the, the Europa League making sure they sorted out most of the time their home tie. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two now because you know it is is better away from home. It struggles at home, so you you wonder the, the strategy. I, I would try to get an away goal somehow, kind of keep it tight till towards the end and push for an away goal because I think we need something to hold on to at the Emirates because I just don't sometimes trust us when we yeah. it just doesn't seem that the second leg at home works for us. Uh, we, we get through it, but it's it become very nail-biting. We saw against Benfica, we saw against Olympiakos, and it speaks to what you say, that Arsenal struggle away from home. I mean, I at, 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 home. Yeah. at home. Because, I mean, have we won a knockout tie with, Um, oh yeah, we did try against Benfica. I was thinking, because it seems like we're always battling in the knockout stages when we play um under Arteta at home. I mean, we, Olympiakos, in, we lost, you know, last season and this season. Benfica, I think we skyped through by the skin of our teeth, actually. We were very, very lucky. And, you know, throwing to Slavia. So, you know, it's a one win, one loss, and one draw. I'll hopefully, Arsenal can get the business done and away from home because that's the way we seem to be strongest.
1: I mean, I wouldn't mind, like, you know, doing a blitz job on them also. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the, the
0: ground on Thursday
1: night. Because just as yeah? you said, not to settle the tie already there, roughly.
0: So you want to be set, You want um, Una M to be standing there, pulling his face and scratching his chin? Is that what you want to see on Thursday yeah, night? That's
1: something like
0: that. Like, <laughs> we we to <we're> it
1: <laughs> um, Now, Now, draw attention now to like, uh, as we're now running off the podcast. <clears throat> this whole drama it started last, I think, it was late last week. Or actually, early. Sorry, because there was a thing about Sunday evening going to the yeah. Monday. where there's whole plan with the top, uh, it was like the big six in England and some of the big teams in La Liga and then Arsenal amongst them who were trying to, opt, uh, to you know, to bail out of the, you know, all European competitions as well as, um, you know, taking part in this uh, European Super League. Um, what was your take when you first heard of it? Because I, I, I first thought it was, um, <clears throat> you know, you hear this gossip and, it, and I thought it was like internet gossip. It's just... Yeah, there's no truth behind it. But then I mean when I started seeing people put out official documents and um you know, official, you know, letters with, you know, the plans and whatever. And then I thought to myself, gosh, is this not really going down like this?
0: Yeah, I was in shock, you know, when you told me I mean you were the one actually keeping me updated with you know the the happening. But I was when 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 I heard like, you know, that it's, it's true, they are ready to, you know, start their own thing, I was in shock, you know, because and disgusted by that because you know, football isn't about, you know, just forming your own league, playing season in, season out, no one gets relegated. There's no, you know, reward for poor performance. Like, it's where you get a reward for poor performance. Like, Arsenal, you know, and, and you know Arsenal, you know, Mr. and at, at at the club as the owner, he's going to take that money and put it in his coffers and Arsenal will end probably dead last every time or, you know, at the bottom. We are just to get a seat at the table, and and it was almost as as an NBA feel to it, where you could also, you know, play poorly the whole season, and if you end up in a playoff place, you can still win. And so, uh, like you know, there's no anything. It's just it was probably a purely money making thing, and I'm really happy that it did not end up going that way.
1: I mean, for me, one of the key points I mean I heard like of, of ex footballers was something that David Seaman said the other day. Um, he was talking about like when I asked him about this very thing now, and he said like look, like he took now Arsenal for example, and he said look, Arsenal now struggling in ninth. You don't know also if they you know make the corrections like you know going to the summer, but then he said like now, now just take like based on form, you put in, you put, like say you put Arsenal against Real Madrid, Barcelona. Um, Atletico Madrid, Man United, and also lose, like, say, three or four on the bounce. Then all of a sudden, the other teams are already, you know, doing a, you know, a big jump. So you're almost like at the end of it, just playing in an exhibition game. And what yes. was the Because there's no, you know, as you said, no, there's no well, the relegation thing or promotion. So it's almost like you, you're always just going to play safe. Where do you yes. see the intensity of wanting, you know, honors or major honors so I think this was like a plan or not actually a plan it was more cool that they were trying and it, I think it blew up in everybody's faces of those clubs and you know as an Arsenal fan for the majority of my life for me it was really embarrassing uh, I remember you told me uh morning uh, I'm not sure like how to, how to feel because on the one end you're thinking well uh, imagine doing that not that you were siding with him like to, to go for something like that but you thought you know, it's like you're stabbing everybody else in the league outside of that 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 six, that big six, yeah. stabbing them all in the back. It also make the league what it really is, like one of the you know, the best marketed league in the world. Yeah. So I mean I was really shocked that I mean you know, as an Arsenal fan disgusted that it's all planning. And I mean now <clears throat> to see everybody of these owners now wanting to do, do almost like these apology tours. I mean, I honestly think that the bridges have been burnt for a majority of them. I mean, you already saw some heads rolling, like, like with the, um, what was the guy? Ed Woodward of Man United. He's already left the club. Um, I think Juventus also, one day he lost their CEO yeah. as well. So, I mean, you can see. And, you know, whenever, I think it's, always, it's almost like kind of underplayed. But wherever you see things like this playing out, when I saw the names also being mentioned of whoever ends in this whole thing, Raul Salne is involved in this whole thing as well. Um, Ivan Gazidis is also involved in this whole oh thing. Oh
0: my word!
1: <laughs> so I tell you, this thing it has to be you know really you know thoroughly cleaned. And I mean, what what is also frustrating is like, you know, you love Arsenal, you want the best for them, but I mean, you know, there's going to be some sort of repercussions also coming from this because, as I said, this this was also like a breach of you know, of a Premier League club. I don't know don't know yeah. if these just know about it, but there is a law that states when the Premier League was founded. If you even attempt something like this, it can be you can face seriously serious repercussions of legal action.
0: Oh, let's hope for the best and let's hope this thing doesn't get ugly again. Yeah.
1: So do you have any other talking points as we round off the podcast?
0: is an interesting fact that i been going, not a statistical fact, it's a question I, I've read or checked out, but have you checked Mesut Ozil's form at Fenerbahce? I mean, he yeah, hasn't picked up a goal or an assist currently, so, you know, it's a, it's a good thing we probably got him off our books at the moment.
1: No, the only time I saw him was him curled up in a fetal position on the stretcher being pulled I <laughs> and provided not something. someone. It's only yeah. time
0: so, so, I haven't seen any much of him. I mean, it just seems like he's struggling at the moment. You know, it wasn't, doesn't seem like it was Arsenal's fault at all. I mean, it just seemed like the player just ran his race. And I think, you know, he maybe peaked yeah, yeah. quite early and young in his career. I mean, he was, you know, on the scene at very young. And somebody like Rooney who you now, you know, riding off into the sunset. But, yeah, I just thought that would be interesting. I haven't followed it much until recently just <laughs> to see, you know, have we let the gem go like we normally have. Whenever Arsenal let players go, they normally... Going to overdrive.
1: Yeah. Okay. Then with that, we're going to end the podcast. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Hopefully we can make it at least some competitive. So enjoy, guys. Bye.
0: Cheers, guys. Have a good one and hopefully we can get three points.